All right, <laughs> we're having some problems, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you bear with me. All right, there we go. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
Wow, thank you, everybody. Wow, I've been off for four days. Uh, we took a couple of extra days off for just for re rest and relaxation, but it seems like I, I have to find my way now. I've been off for so long, I don't know how to act. Anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're on four days a week, Monday. We, wasn't, we weren't on yesterday for some reason. I just decided to take off my son. Asked, Why weren't you on the radio? Well, I'm, I want to re relax, I told him, you know. And he didn't understand that. I don't think he understands much of anything anymore. Anyway, we're on four days a week, Monday through Thursday. The show starts at 6 o'clock, prompts uh, Central Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, Central Standard Time, Midwest, Chicago time. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, different kinds of uh, all different kinds of time zone, zones around America and around the world. So, you know, sometimes you just... <laughs> to just wing it and see if you can uh, uh, call into the show or be on the show at a certain time uh, matching all these time zones. I don't understand all these time zones. I really don't. I think there should be one time zone for, for every country, every city, every town in the world. One time zone. And I don't understand another thing I don't understand, folks. I don't understand daylight savings times. I don't think we really need that. You know, <laughs> I don't think we... I think the days... Uh, there, especially during the winter, fall and winter month, months, I mean, it gets dark too early. I mean, here in Chicago, it gets dark between uh, 4 o'clock and 4.30. I mean, it's pitch black. I mean, it feels like it's midnight or something. You know, uh, I, I don't understand this daylight saving times, and I don't understand this time zone stuff. Uh, both elements were probably invented by man. You know, I don't know anything about anything of why the, or the reasoning for it. Uh, however, I did I did hear that I don't know how true it is or how much it's uh, affecting anything. But daylight saving time saves saves energy. Is that what it is? Give me a break. Give me a break. People like to be outside. I don't think anybody really likes. Um, short days like this i mean i mean you know back in the summer i mean it, it gets dark around 7 7 or 7 30 uh contrasted to what it's doing now but anyway it's a great it's a it's a great time to be alive uh, in this environment in this political environment uh it's great outside it's cold it's very very cold outside uh, in the city of Chicago, but some people just can't keep them from going outside into the cold. They don't understand it when it comes to, you know, you could get, I mean, you could, the sniffles, a flu, all this stuff is upon us, but some people don't understand it. Some people, I still see a lot of people out here in this frigid weather, not dressed properly. I mean, I, Especially some of these young girls. I see some of these young girls. I mean, they are not dressed properly. You can tell that they're freezing their little asses off, but they, but most of them think they're cute and they have something to show while they're freezing their butts off. I mean, you got some some men too. You know, I mean, some men. Some men, you got some men out here in this frigid weather who refuse to put anything on their heads because they feel that they're handsome. They don't want to hide their looks. I've heard. I've actually heard people say that the reason why they don't cover their heads. When they go out in a rainstorm or a snowstorm or or very 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 um, uh, cold weather, it's because they're afraid of messing up their hair. They're afraid they don't want to hide their good looks. But <laughs> but when they go out here and you know it, it's 20 below zero, they look they they look really stupid 
because everybody else is covering up. They have something on their head, but you know, the, the handsome people, the cute people, they they think that they should not be uh, bundled up, especially if they have to be outside. That's crazy. It's stupid, but some people are, are, are that way. However, winter is here and it is cold. And I would suggest to anybody, if you don't want to get sick, if you haven't had your flu shot, even if you've had your flu shot, your flu shot, dress up. I mean, be, you know, I mean, for the cold weather at least. But you got some of these young girls out here. I'm telling you, folks, they put on the they put on those black leggings or black tight leggings out here at 20 below zero. And, you know, we'll see them walking down the street and, you know, they'll be <laughs> shaking and cold. And, you know, and sometimes I put on my blue jeans. We'll put on blue jeans and we can still feel the air coming through the blue jeans. So I know if I can feel the air coming through my blue jeans, some of these young girls, uh, it must feel like nothing when they're wearing only those leggings out here in 20 below zero or close to it. So some, but you know, they, <laughs> they, uh, they bear it. So, you know, I mean, if that's what they want to do. I mean, you can't, you can't, uh, if they, if they like what they're doing, I mean, uh, I think it's stupid and ridiculous covering up, uh, risking a cold or the flu and you taking it back to the office and giving it to everybody else. Or you're taking it back home, back home and giving to giving the flu and, and the sniffles to everybody else because you, you were too dumb to, uh, uh, cover up out in this, uh, frigid weather. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. My guest today is author Cheryl Health Muse. Yeah, Health Muse, M-U-S-E, Health, M-U-S-E, Health Muse. She, she's going to talk about health. <laughs> wow, that's obvious, right? <laughs> By the name, that's obvious. All right, uh, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We have been off for about four days. I've done some writing. Great. I, I love to write. I think I think one of the things about writing, I think, that I need to take time off to do, uh, it, re- it releases a lot of stress. It releases a lot of uh, anxiety that maybe have built up in in myself and, and probably some other writers. So it's, it's a good thing, you know, and um, it's a shame that people don't read. <laughs> people don't read as much as they used to um, because of technology, iPhones, cell phones smartphones and you know all that kind of stuff and computers and, and other technology have, have taken people away from the books the libraries i mean i go into a library uh today um especially one uh, right around here where i'm at and uh, it's practically empty <laughs> uh, uh the the most people i think that uses the library uh in some cases are those who are looking for free wi-fi you know i mean they, they have to do something on their computer and they can afford um um, internet service from their home, so they go use the free services uh, at the library, the coffee shop, or wherever, except for their home. That, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because it isn't because I've done it. You know, we've all done it. But um, in terms of uh, checking out a book or something, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. You know, checking out a book or something. You know, I just love to write. I don't. You know, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm not the real greatest. Uh, the world's greatest um, bookseller or story or storyteller, but uh, I do my part and I enjoy it. I love it. It's a passion. It's not a hobby, and it's also a business, <laughs> a passion and a business, uh, because I don't think anybody writes uh, a ton of books 
uh, and want to be called a hobbyist. No, if you write books and you have them available for sale on Amazon and other places, it's not a hobby. It's a business. You're trying to make money, right? At your craft, at what you love doing, which is great because it beats working for someone else. It really does. All right. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And I was hearing this morning and all over the place, the news, the internet, and all this, it's just going wild with... uh, the accusation that the lawyers for Donald Trump says that this says that this guy is above the law. I mean, this has really gotten the world shaken to think that Donald Trump is above the law. In other words, in other words, he see Donald Trump and his lawyers, they see the acts about to fall. So they're saying they they're saying that he's above the law because they know that indictments and charges are coming to the president of the United States. So they're trying to cover their asses by saying Trump's above the law. Trump is not above the law. Nixon, Richard Nixon was not above the law. Bill Clinton was not above the law. And Donald Trump is not above the law. That's BS. BS. Mueller is the special counsel. Bob Mueller is in Trump's ass and he's trying to find all kinds of cover because he's about to lose his damn job. Trump is he's about to lose his job. But before he loses his job, he's going to make sure he destroys this country. And that's what he's doing. He's going to make sure that he does so much wrong to this country. Because he feels as though this country doesn't like him, so he's going to fight back and do everything he can to destroy it, which he knows nothing about government. He knows nothing about foreign policy. He knows nothing about nothing. The only thing this guy knows is what other people around him are whispering in, in his ear and telling him what to do, telling him what to say, telling him how to act on this issue or this uh, policy or this legislation. He's learning everything from people around him. This guy knows nothing. Then all of a sudden, he unleashes himself as the real Donald Trump that he is. Uh, his lawyers are saying that he is above the law. And I, I was seeing this. I, I think I woke up this morning and I turned on the computer and the television and I'm hearing all of this. I'm saying, what the hell? Obviously, he feels the heat. He feels the heat. And one and one person was saying that Donald Trump is shitting bricks. And that's what he's doing. He and that's what he's doing. Trump lawyers argue that the president is too important, is too important to go to court. He is too important to go to court. Ain't that a bitch? One of the women, he one of uh, two dozen women are uh, charges in a in a court where Trump may have to appear, if he has to, if she files charges and this goes to, and this goes further and the judge demands that he comes to court, he appears in court and he doesn't appear in court. That is um, somewhat obstruction, but they actually call it, um, I forget what they call it. Uh, Anyway, he better show up in court or he could wind up in jail. He can wind up in jail. Okay, the woman who is filing this suit, one of one of many, one of his many accusers, Summer, her name is Summer Zervos, who has 
accused the president of sexual harassment, appeared in court for her defamation suit on Tuesday. So she's filing a defamation suit um, against Donald Trump because of, uh, you know, of his sexual assaulting ways. Okay, New York, as of, as of one president lawyer, okay, uh, the president lawyers argued that his office grants him immunity from obstruction of justice, going to court, or being thrown in jail. In the Russian investigation, Trump legal team is trying to is trying a similar tactic against one of the women who accused him of sexual uh, harassment. He has to realize it's been tried by Trump, and obviously Bill Clinton wasn't. Uh, it's been tried by Nixon, sorry, and obviously Bill Clinton didn't wasn't above the law. He was impeached. He didn't get thrown out of office, but he was impeached. So, but Trump is his. Okay, in other words, Trump is above the law. Trump is not above the law. I'm pretty sure they're talking about this all over television, all over the talk shows, radio and television. Uh, that how and people are saying there's some some uh, validity and other people saying there's no validity to this, you know, and I'm thinking there's no validity. To, Trump is not above the law. He is just a man like you and me. He's just a human, a person like you. He is not above the law. But he thinks he is. His lawyer thinks he is. Man, it's nowhere near above the law than than I am or you are. But but as I've said at the beginning of the show, he's he's just admitting guilt. He's guilty of whatever the hell they charge him with because he's acting it out in his tweets. He's acting it out in public. You know, so if he thinks he's above the law, uh, he needs he needs to hire some new lawyers. They they don't know what law school did, did they go to. You know, uh, tr the Trump team, these guys are always trying to pull the wool over over our eyes in some way, some way, somehow they are trying to pull the wool over our eyes. And I don't think it's going to work. Some people will buy it, but other people will not. We will be right back. We're going to do this right quick, folks, and we'll be right back in about a minute or so. Thank you.
Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. Boring, didn't he? All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of the city of Chicago. It's a great day. It's black. It's black. When I say black, it's very, very dark outside. It's black, and uh, but it's beautiful. It's a great day. I hope that wherever you are in the world, that you're doing great and marvelous, and not letting some of this stuff get you down. Because some people, to some people, it can get you down. And uh, you know, if you're in bad health, you you don't want to keep this kind of stuff on your mind. I'm talking politically here. All right, let's go and see who is um, here. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. You're on. One, two, three, Hi, four. George. This is Cheryl Meyer. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. You sound great. Hi, I was, I'm your guest, I think, tonight about my book. Yeah, you feel are. Good to feel good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you Fantastic. are. I, I have you. Okay, I have you on the marquee here. So, yeah, you you're the guest. All right, uh, tell us about yourself. Give us a little bio, and then tell us all about your book. Okay, um, I'm not young. I'm going to turn 69 in January. I have my own business, uh, which is a jewelry business, and I sell a lot of the majors. And six years ago, I had lifestyle that suddenly exploded and I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I hurt so bad. My doctor didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that she offered me steroids. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want a life of pills and pain, which is sort of what was being offered up to me, my own health. And I started researching my book. It feels good to feel good is really about my journey to get myself well, where it took me, and it's the manual that I wish I had had when I got sick. And I wrote it because I now want to help other people who don't know that they have inflammation and autoimmune disease and that they don't have to have a life of pain and pills. And so the book is largely about toxins, uh, toxins in our food, toxins yeah. in our cosmetics, and yeah. in, in our over-the-counter drugs, all those things. But really, um, most people don't even know they have inflammation. So that's where the book starts. And it's all based on my own experience and what I did about it. And so if you're in this situation, I strongly recommend you take a look at my book because I can help you a lot. Even though I targeted it to people with autoimmune disease, everybody should read this book. The first place that I went to speak when the book got published was my local hospital, and I talked twice to cancer survivors. They got attacked first by the cancer, then by the treatment. They don't need toxins in their body attacking them a third time. So that was eye-opening that a lot of people need this book. I'm going to talk in a week to the stroke survivors. But it's also for people who are well, who don't want to get sick, and for 
um, like mothers with children, because for the first time it's being estimated that our children are not going to live as long as we are. Um, we're 37th in the world in health, and I think it's largely because of all these toxins, and yet we spend more on our health and then any other country. And so I propose what's wrong with our healthcare system is that it's broken because of all these toxins. I think there is a direct correlation between these toxins and health. And so really that's what my book attacks. And the book is unique. It's won eight awards. And the book is unique because I tell you what I found, what I replaced it with, and if you don't like my choice, how to research to find your own. And so it's a very hands-on book. And people tell me it's like having a conversation with me to read the book. It is not scientific. I tell you why I made the decisions that I made, and then I ask you to ask your body to try some of these things and see if your body agrees with the things that I did. Wow, you've sold me on the book. <laughs> you've sold me on the book. <laughs> and, uh, I want to sell everybody I, I, on the book because I think everybody needs it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. I do think people need to know that they don't have to uh, put other things into their body uh, in order to get well. You know, I, I try to tell people also to, to lay off the pills, the over-the-counter pills, the prescription drugs, because... Uh, but even the over-the-counter the pills are bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, yep. they, mo most of them don't do anything. They get, you a, they get your body addicted to having that kind of medication, but they don't actually do nothing for the disease that you have. They, some of the drugs may just uh, treat the symptoms of, of what you may have and not the disease itself. So, you know, it, and it's, some it's of the a, drugs it, make it worse. There's a trade-off. Yeah, that's it what I'm saying. It might make you feel that's better in saying. this aspect, but in that aspect, it doesn't help you at, at all. So some of the drugs, the some of the drugs would actually, yeah, some of the drugs would actually uh, kill you. You know, be worse for your yeah, health than, than what? Yeah, before you even tried them. So I try to tell people: um, eat proper, exercise. You know, <laughs> go see your doctor, but you don't have to all. Uh, you know, get all of these uh, uh, pills and, and prescriptions. It, it's well, just a, actually a to whole me, new branch it's a waste of medicine. Of money. There's a whole new branch of medicine that I wasn't aware of. It's a whole new paradigm yeah. called functional medicine. A conventional doctor, you go see them, they listen to your symptoms, and they go, okay, go home and take this pill. That's how they were trained, and so that's how they think. A functional doctor will look at you. Number one, she's going to spend more than the six minutes with you. The conventional person just spent with you. And then she's going to say, you're sitting on a tack. Let's go find that tack. They are root cause doctors. And so although they could give you a drug as an interim, they really want to dig down and find out what's causing your body problems. And it, I was like an onion yeah, exactly. taking layers off of me because there are different things that are bizarre that are just anomalies in my health, and we're correcting them one at a time, and we're correcting them in the most part without medication. I am taking supplements, but I'm not taking pharmaceuticals. And the supplements I'm taking are supporting my body. So yeah. I'm about 75-80% back to health. And it's been an interesting ride. And that's why I want people to know if you own your own health, you don't have to put up with it. There are other ways. You know, I've talked to people um, uh, in their 60s, 70s. One of the things they talk about mostly is 
the uh, pain that they have, their knee pain, joint pain, and all this kind of pain that they have. And, and that's all from inflammation. They, yeah. And, but they think it's, it's, it's a, a remedy or a cause to go see a doctor and, you know, and get drugged yeah, up on prescription drugs. Yeah, we've been conditioned to go see a yeah. doctor and get a drug. So that if you right. have a pain, you go to the doctor, you get the drug. The drug will right. mask the pain, but it doesn't cure the pain. And we also have exactly. been conditioned to think that the doctor is what I call the who said of the greatest magnitude. They're gods. Whatever they say is what we need to do. And that's not true. Right. You need to research. Yeah. There are lots of great conventional doctors, but you need to research and own your own health. And when I go see my functional doctor, where's my conventional doctor, with six minutes, an appointment, my functional doctor spends about 45 minutes with me, and we have a robust conversation because I've researched, she's researched, we talk things out, and then we came up, come up with a path of what we're going to do between now and the next appointment. And each one of these has taken me through a level shift where I get better after each appointment. So there's another way. And you do not have to believe everything that one doctor tells you. You need to research it, question it, and not necessarily take the pharmaceutical to cure it. You need to find, and, and food is health. If you give your body the right building blocks, especially if you're giving it clean, organic building blocks, your body wants to heal. Who knew? We have a pretty amazing machine that we're living in. And if we feed it correctly... It will support us. Yeah, I agree. I do think the body is one phenomenal machine. You know, I mean, if you feed it correctly, it if you do all the right things, and uh, you do all the right things, if you know what are the right things to do for your body, your body will uh, reward you for it. Absolutely. And a lot of people say to me, oh, you must be so deprived. I am, number one, I love to eat, so I am not <laughs> deprived. I have figured out how to do this and still cook very yummy food. And there's no way I'm giving up yeah. eating yummy food. But I cook. I cook my own food. And I do that so that I can control what I'm putting in my mouth. And I know that I'm giving my body the right building blocks. And to make it more complicated, yeah. one of the things we discovered is I have 18 sensitivities that I call my kryptonite. They make me sick as a dog. So Superman, and there yeah. and there okay. some of yeah and some of them are things like chicken. I used to eat so much chicken I thought I was going to cluck. Now if I eat chicken, <laughs> I have what's called a flare and I get I get sick. I get my, all my autoimmune symptoms back. So it's not worth it to eat chicken. But now I know that chicken is one of my kryptonite foods. So I've actually yeah, but uh, there's so much protein. Part. I'm hearing there's a lot of protein in chicken and it's one of the best kinds of meat that you can eat. Uh, obviously, some people can't can't but so, no, uh, that's why i said it's it's an individuality thing i also eat yeah, grass-fed okay. grass-finished beef that my body likes and it loves the vitamin b12 i eat heritage pork which is grass-fed clean pork my body likes it it thrives on it all lambs eat grass so i eat lamb but if you eat conventional meat it's been loaded with antibiotics and hormones and all kinds of things to keep yeah. that poor animal yeah. alive long enough that you can get it to your to your mouth and into your body you don't want that kind of meat you want to buy the cleanest yeah. products that you can find that do not have lots of chemicals yeah all right do you have your book with you can you read us an excerpt yep i actually picked out an expert to read 
So okay, this and the whole book is called the um, It Feels Good to Feel Good. Learn to eliminate inflammation and feel great. Eliminate toxins, reverse inflammation, and feel great again. That's the whole title. So this is from the preface and the introduction. It says this book is a guidebook of all of the self-directed things you can do now for yourself to impact how you feel. It's about how you can be proactive and own your own health. It's about creating an environment where your children can thrive. No one said it was going to be easy. They just said it was going to be worth it. It starts with education and then takes commitment to feel good for the rest of your life. I'm hoping to inspire healthy people to change now so that they don't get sick. Inflammation and autoimmune disease begin years before the actual symptoms start to appear. The approach I want to teach you is the healthiest lifestyle you can have for long-term health for you and for your family, no matter how you feel now. I'm especially hmm. encouraging people with inflammation and pain and or autoimmune disease to make these changes now to create a better future and reverse the inflammation. What I'm suggesting is a new way of viewing food, what you eat, and your social interactions over food. It's a significant shift in the paradigm. Eventually, as a country, we all need to do this. We are a nation in a state of disease, and it's getting worse. I'm asking that you be a pathfinder with me, an example for others. I assure you that your health and your body will thank you. Wow, sounds good. As, I should have okay, the Okay, you want me to keep going? Go ahead, or no? go ahead. Okay. It's up I to you. Uh, maybe another paragraph. Okay. okay. As I contemplated changes for myself, some resonated with me immediately. I knew they were right and they made sense, so they were easy to implement. It resonated that I needed to eat more live food. I knew I needed to eat food that was local so that the nutrients were still prime. I knew I needed to eliminate pesticides and herbicides from my diet and my body. Ingesting these substances that kill bugs and funguses couldn't possibly be good for me. By understanding these concepts on a core label, a level, I was able to make those changes and incorporate them into my life fairly quickly. Other changes I needed to make were harder to accept. I didn't want to be different from everybody else. I'm very social, and to me, food was also community. Food was love. I needed to see the success of this approach before I accepted it was the correct path. I needed to understand why it was so important to eat organic. I learned that at the very least, it's important to eat organic fruits and vegetables that are to eliminate the um, fruits and vegetables to, and make them organic that are subjected to the most toxins. There's something called a dirty dozen list by a group called EWD, the Environmental Working Group, that prints out what the dirty dozen list is every year. And you don't buy those conventional because they are loaded with toxins. Some of them have as many as 80 toxins on them. I have also learned that it's why it's crucial to avoid GMOs, genetically modified foods. I needed to know that this approach wasn't about deprivation. Once I did, these things became easier to do and maintain as a permanent lifestyle change. I eat plenty of delicious food that is also nutritious. There is absolutely no deprivation in my life. And I learned that community has nothing to do with food. It has to do with enjoying the people you're with at the time, whether you're eating yeah. the same foods they are or not. I learned that there are many kinds of food and not all of them go into my mouth. You know what? Uh, some people would say that uh, it's pretty expensive to eat healthy. Well, and you want to know what I say to them? 
Right off the yeah. bat, I say to them, you want to pay now or you want to pay later? <laughs> because that's essentially so that's the choice you're making. Yeah. Yeah. If well, that's you don't an incentive, do right it now, do. it'll catch up with you with your health, and that will cost you a fortune. So, yeah, I agree. There the are things... things you can give up that you don't need. You can give up that coffee yeah. on the way to work every morning that you pay a fortune for. You can stop yeah. buying water in plastic bottles, which is 1,200 times more than if you filter out the toxins from your kitchen sink and carry it in stainless steel bottles. There are things you can do to save money that are good for you and your kids. And then there are things that you spend your money on that are probably fun to spend your money on, but you don't really need it. And so what I'm asking is that you yeah. take a look at that and decide where to spend your money and spend it for your, your body. Spend it for the right building blocks. All right. Tell us where we can find your book. Give us a website. Okay. Where, where can we find it? You can buy because my I'm book sold. on Amazon. <laughs> okay. You can buy it on Amazon. Uh, it's called It Feels Good to Feel Good. Or you can buy it on it my feels website, good to feel which good. is yeah, my website is Cheryl with a C, C H E R Y L M, like Mary, Health Muse, Health, yeah. like Health Muse, capital M U S E dot com. You is can that, buy my book. Is there. that your actual you name, Health Muse? No, I actually went back to, I, you know, at, at a ripe old age, instead of retiring, I went back to school because I now yeah. want to help others with this. So I named myself uh -huh. the Health Muse because I want to inspire okay. people to get well. Okay. So my last name is Meyer, yeah. not Muse, although it's been written as Muse sometimes. <laughs> okay. So that's my website. Yeah. There are lots of great blogs okay. on my website. There are lots of great resources uh -huh. on my website. And you can even hire me to be your health coach. And we could do it by Skype if you're in Chicago. I'm in Los Angeles. So there's lots of mm -hmm. great information on my website so that you get used to the idea that you can really make a huge difference in your health if you follow what I'm talking about. You can even lose weight. Yeah without following any of the all of those 8,000 bestsellers that are on the New York Times list. Because if you yeah. learn to eat this way, your body releases the weight automatically. It's really wow. amazing. Sounds thing. great. Yeah, it is amazing. You My make it sound amazing. My husband lost 70 pounds since he met me. He was, I had a toxic relationship when that broke up. He was one of the things that left <laughs> for me to get good. I've met an incredible man yeah. who wanted to go on a get well journey with me. He's lost 70 yeah. pounds since he's been with me. You know, anybody wow. who has a weight problem, this, and, and you just, it, it becomes a way of life. And so it's sustainable, which yeah. diets yeah. are not. So yeah. Yeah. there's all kinds of little gems in my book, even how to control stress and yeah. how to get sleep and how to control ants, which are anxious, negative thoughts, and tricks to exercise, which I never like to do, but it's incredibly important. Yeah. All of that's in the book. And you sound a lot younger than 69. You don't sound like you're 69. I mean, I you, you must be doing something right. My mom you you must be doing something right. I was really right. going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel good. And when you feel good, it's amazing yeah. how much energy yeah. you have. Yeah. So. Arthur, Sarah. Sarah Health Muse on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening to the show have gotten a lot out of it. And hopefully we'll, we all start living a little bit more healthier because of you. And um, I would Thank you. suggest. Thank you for that, having me. I would suggest everybody listening to the show or going to podcast the show later to actually uh, go get this book. It, you know, it, it's, it's, it sounds like something that we all can use. And I'm pretty sure you're and saying that it is beneficial. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I even totally, I've recently and, been posting holiday recipes so that you know oh. I do not live a deprived <laughs> life. So that you can learn. I can take any recipe and make it healthy. So I've started to write blogs about that. Wow. Okay. We'll be checking out your website. Thanks for being on the show. Okay. You were great. Thanks for having me, George. Thanks so much. No. Bye bye. All righty. The George Water Jr. <laughs> show is on the air. <laughs> I just love that little laugh by that little girl. And uh, I, I uh, made it a clip on the show. So when. Whenever, uh, you know, I need a smile or something or something uh, fantastic has happened, I always uh, want to uh, uh, give that little uh, laugh. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the George Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived.
I wanted was a much-deserved promotion, and he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I've found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power. and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. <laughs> On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer. Her male subordinates would wave one-dollar bills in her face and say, dance for me. And when she went to complain to a major, he said, what, only one dollar? You're worth at least five or ten. After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts. One in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. 71% of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, 
They're still called liars and troublemakers and demeaned and trashed and demoted and blacklisted and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I too was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me. He also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles, meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again, again in a car. And he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch I couldn't breathe. These are the events. That suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that, until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people. Including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988, nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He, President of the United States, in spite of it. And shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. I was working so hard to prove that blondes have a lot of brains. But ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington D.C., and shortly thereafter, I too was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia, and when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me. Wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour, like I'd seen in the movies, and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. <laughs> He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the '60s and '70s, and that that was the culture then. Yeah. That was the culture then, and unfortunately, it still is. Why? Because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment. Women should just take another job and find another career. 
Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. Women, they bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. Women make it up. Yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down. I would know. Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift, one of the most well-known and richest singers in the world, didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar. And I'm so glad she did. Breaking news: the untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe, welcoming, and harass-free environment. That's it. So, how do we go about getting our power back? I have three solutions. Number one, we need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. 98% of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. 70% have prevention programs. But still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9/11. Millions of times we've heard, "If you see something, say something." Imagine how impactful that would be if we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment, to recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victims. This is my shout out to men. We need you in this fight, and to women too, enablers, to allies. Number two, change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands, and if you don't know, you should. And here's why. Time magazine calls it right there on the screen. The teeny tiny little print in contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard. Here's what it is: forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again. It's secret, so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. to change the laws. And here's what I tell the senators: Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it. And this is why we should all care. Number three: Be fierce. It starts when we stand tall. And we build that self-confidence, and we stand up, and we speak up, and we tell the world what happened to us. 
I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son Christian, my 14-year-old daughter Kaya, and boy, did I underestimate them. The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. And my daughter came home from school, and she said, "Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer." And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, "And mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom." And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable, she came home to me and she said, "Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it." You see, giving the gift of courage is contagious. And I hope that my journey has inspired you, because right now it's the tipping point. We are watching history happen. More and more women are coming forward and saying, "Enough is enough." Here's my one last plea to companies: Let's hire back all those women. Whose careers were lost because of some random jerk? Because here's what I know about women: we will no longer be underestimated, intimidated, or set back. We will not be silenced by the ways of the establishment or the relics of the past. No. We will stand up, and speak up, and have our voices heard. We will be the women we were meant to be. And above all, we will always be fierce. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom. This is what I call freedom.
And sleep where you wanna sleep And say what you wanna say And let the children play while they wanna play And work when you wanna work Trump tells Arab leaders he intends to move U.S. embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Uh, the move would uh, endorse Israelis' claim to all of Jerusalem as its capital, breaking decades of U.S. policy. This is what Trump does. He goes around the world and find out how he can just F up everything that America stood for. This is all Donald Trump does, and it's all that he's doing right now is effing up everything. Trump's um, effing up everything that he can because he has the power to do so. Congress has the right to curtail his powers, to stop him from doing certain things, but they will not because they're just this crooked and thuggish and, and, and sexual predators as this guy is. This guy, Donald Trump had the nerve to say that the, the uh, Access Hollywood tape isn't true where, where he talks about grabbing women's private part. Wasn't true. And the words came directly out of his mouth. And everybody that was involved with that tape at, at that time and with Trump at that time confirmed that he said those things. And he is on tape and he goes out and try to deny them. That's, that's Trump. He'll say something today and tomorrow he will deny it and say he didn't t say it and then say the tape is fake. <laughs> this is Trump. And he always talking about fake news. The only thing fake is his hair. <laughs> and actually the only thing fake is Donald Trump. He's not president of the United States. He's a fake president. He was, he was installed by Russia, Vladimir Putin his lover. He was installed by his lover. And then we got, I don't know where these people, I don't know what Trump dig up these awful people that, you know, that represents him that in the White House that comes forward uh, to the camera and mics and say, this, to try to defend him some sort of way. I don't know where these people, he dig these people up from. 
It's like you turn over a rock and bugs and worms start crawling out of everywhere. This, this is what Trump's administration is like. Where are these crazy, mean, honorary looking folks who, uh, <laughs> who grab the microphone and start defending Trump? Where did they come from? Who are they? They don't even introduce themselves, you know, uh, Trump's lawyer, Trump's representative, Trump's lackey, Trump's surrogate. All these people look, you know, and all they're doing is just lying for Donald Trump. I mean, he's, he must be paying them pretty damn well to lie. Your lawyers are lying. The smart people who've gone to college, they're lying for this guy. Obviously, they're getting a pretty good buck to lie. And his He's paying his lawyers just because just because you are a lawyer doesn't mean that the uh, legal system is going to see things your way. You're just a representative of a certain client. It doesn't mean I mean, his lawyers throw out all of this. Well, that didn't happen. That's not going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. That didn't happen. As if we're supposed to believe his lawyers and we know how Trump uh, corrupt people around him. If Trump's a liar, then the people around him are also going to be liars. And that's 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 the truth. You know, I mean, if if Trump's a liar, the people, everybody around him, they're lying too about something. Oh, we'll lie about something, and it's always pertaining to some sort of policy. But anyway, Trump, as I've said, Trump, Donald Trump is is destroying democracy. In some in some cases, it's already destroyed. This man is going around. Uh, um, Pulling U.S., pulling the United States out of these treaties, uh, you know, doing awful things around the world uh, in the name of the United States. Uh, I, I wish some of these con- countries would, would say that it's not the United States that are pulling them out of these treaties and out of these um, uh, accords around, around the world. That is Donald Trump. It's not the American people, and the majority of the majority of these countries are they're looking at the United States and saying that, especially to the Americans, they're saying, "Why are you? Why are the Americans? Why are you Americans? Why are you people in the United States letting Donald Trump get away with all of this? Why are you letting Donald Trump do the things that he's doing to your country?" They're not talking to. Uh, up the Congress or other politicians. They're talking to the American people, grassroots American people. Why are you sitting back, laying back, letting Donald Trump destroy your country? Why are we sitting back doing nothing and letting Donald Trump destroy America? This is what other countries are looking at us saying. This is what they're saying at us. In other words, American people need to stand up more. We need to grow a backbone. We need to stop sitting around, laying around, and letting Trump have his way with our lives, with our country. Trump is Donald Trump and the Republicans are at war with the American people. They're at war. I mean, health care, tax reform, Social Security, Medicare, they're coming at, this is war. This is your livelihood. Even the even the banks, the regulation uh, to the banks, where you can't sue the banks anymore if they make a monumental mistake on your money, you can't sue them. There's no regulation. Donald Trump is ending a lot of these protections that we have grown accustomed to. He even wants to end 
the freedom of speech. I mean, the First Amendment. Um, and other countries looking at Donald Trump and the lies, uh, the corruption, and saying, why are we taking this? There's 320 million Americans in the United States. And there's only one Donald Trump. What the hell is it? 320 million Americans in the United States, and there is only one Donald Trump, and we're letting him manure all on us? We're letting this guy piss all on us? When there's only one? I've heard people say, well, what are we going to do, George? What are we going to do? Well, if you don't know what you can do, then um, I don't know what you can do. Well, I, I, I know what we can do all together, but I don't know if American people have the guts to do it or have the stamina to do it. Donald Trump is only one person, and we are 300 million strong in America. And this guy's we're letting this guy piss all over us. That, and that's what he's doing. He's doing it gladly with the help of some Republicans, the majority of Republicans. I'm going to put it that way. We have to fight our own battles. No one's going to fight for us. We've got to fight for ourselves. There's no uh, Martin Luther King that's going to take us and lead us out of the promised land or lead us into the promised land. There's no widening of the Red Sea. We have to take matters into our own hands. It's, it's, I mean, I don't wish any harm to come to anybody, you know. But when you're at war, Donald Trump is at war with the American people, and we've known it since he's been in office. He's at war with the American people. He's at war with uh, Special Counselor Robert Mueller. He's at war with everybody who's not on his damn side. And that's three quarters of the world. And the more Donald Trump is in there, the more he's going to distract, and the more he distracts, the more Congress is going to come up with some sort of legislation to screw us. The tax reform, you know, it passed. And I'm hearing that not one of the senators who passed this uh, atrocity read it. No one read the bill. How can you vote for something that you didn't read or you purposely didn't read or they said that you didn't have to read? I would never, ever vote for something or sign something before. And, and I'm told not to read it. What is that? That shows you have a dysfunctional government. And anything that's affecting the American people, we should be the first one to read it, but they won't let us read it. I mean, they're not reading it, so they're not going to let us read it. But we'll feel it in our pockets when our mortgages go up, taxes go up, the rents go up. We're going to feel it. Food go up, gasoline goes up, fuels goes up, everything goes up. 
you know, so it's it's pathetic. Okay, Trump tells Arab leaders he intends to move U.S. embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. I can't even say Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The move would endorse Israel's Israelis claim that all Jerusalem. It's a bad move. I'm reading it. This is a bad move. And a lot of people, senior officials have said Trump is likely on Wednesday to recognize Jerusalem uh, as Israeli's capital while delaying re- relocating the embassy from Tel Aviv uh, to another six months. Basically, all this is saying, once he does that, this could ignite more violence in that region. But Trump doesn't give a care because that's all he's about is violence, lies and violence. Lies and on top of lies, more. Okay, this move now means one thing, that Mueller's getting close to nailing Agent Orange. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, you and I both know that he's desperate for something really bad to happen to distract anyone from the probe or create the next pretext or cover for firing Mueller. A threat to the national security from some kind of terrorist attack launched in retaliation for the embassy move. Yes, yeah, see, he wants he wants this exactly. I I think Trump wants this because he wants to distract away from what's going on. He wants the war. He wants some sort of violence. He wants something going on. He's trying to do so much as to distract what's going on. So when he so when he's finally put in handcuffs, you know, he feels that they're going to, you know, um, release him to try to straighten out his mess. That's not going to happen, Donald Trump. That's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, the move now means that this move now means that one thing, Mueller is getting close to nailing Agent Orange. And I believe it. And uh, at any date, at any date, at any time, Trump could be indicted. He's already got court dates that he may have to attend. If he doesn't attend these court dates when the judge says he should go there, he will be in contempt of court and that would lead to jail time. Contempt of court. If the judge, in one of his sexual harassment case, the woman is suing. Uh, She's suing. And uh, she was in court today filing a motion in court. So therefore, if Trump has to go to the court to try to defend himself and he ends up not going uh, for whatever reason, you know, uh, he's going to be in contempt of court. Uh, of course, his lawyers are going to try to get him off. Uh, they're trying to pay the woman off right now to try to keep her from dragging Trump to court. I think that's what happened to a lot of these other women that aren't saying anything anymore about the uh, sexual harassment of Donald Trump. Because they were paid off, they were silenced, they were threatened, you know, you know, in some form. Because we don't hear about them anymore. Just because before Trump even got elected, I was hearing about two or three, four or five court dates that this guy had coming up. Suddenly, there are no court dates, and he is sworn in as president of the United States. He's obviously these women were paid the hell off. You know, and uh, I'm just waiting to hear one woman come out and expose Trump and say, hey, wow, he gave me a million dollars to shut up, to be quiet. You know, 
and they have to sign some kind of disclosure paper of not saying anything. You know, so I, I think that's what really happened in in, in the Trump uh, sexual harassment case because he's the king. He's a groper. <laughs> Donald Trump is a groper and king. Uh, he, he's the king groper of. I mean, you can talk talk about Kevin Spacey. You can talk about Harvey Weinstein. I mean, you can talk about Al Franken or or Dustin Hoffman and, and others. But Trump is the king of all sexual sexual uh, harassers, if I can say it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's 722 straight up, folks. It is great. I I want to thank my guest, Cheryl uh, Miller, or Sarah Health Muse. If I'm getting your name correctly, I could be messing it up. You know, I'm, I could be screwing it up. But uh, anyway, get that book. If you didn't listen to the show and you want to podcast the show for later, I mean, you know, check her out. This book is is for your health, and that's what this that's what this show is all about: is making the world a better place one show at a time. All right, Trump tells Arab leaders he intends to move U.S. embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Some people feel that that's going to start a lot of violence, you know, a war or, or a civil war. It's something he wants because he needs. He needs America to take. He needs to take our mind off the, off of his pending indictment or jail time. So, I mean, you know, Trump is under all of this investigation, and obviously he's guilty. I mean, ever since the investigation uh, began, Trump has been uh, obstructing justice, um, not undercover but out in the public. He's been with his tweets. He's been obstructing justice. And um, the guy's guilty as hell. I mean, if anybody's guilty of anything, it's Donald Trump. Because, <laughs> because if he was innocent, he, he would not be acting. acting. He's, he's basically incriminating himself because he's not listening to his lawyers. He's just, he's just not listening to his lawyers. All right, Robin Mueller just crossed Trump's red line in Russia, in the Russia probe. He's uh, um, submitted a subpoena um, He's following the money. He's following the money. All right, uh, Republican Jeff Flake donates uh, uh, money uh, donates money to to uh, Roy Moore's Democratic opponent. Now that's something, you know, a, a Republican donating money to <laughs> to a Democrat to beat a Republican. Now, but that's something. That's telling you right then and there that they don't think Roy Moore is um, fit to serve in the United States Congress. I don't either. I, I, I mean, he. it's been proven. I mean, police of Alabama, the policemen of Alabama said, yeah, we knew all about it. We knew all about Roy Moore going after 14, 15, 16-year-old girls. We knew all about it. But yet they don't give a damn. They don't care. The guy could squeak this thing out. It'll be a shame, uh, you know. So we just have to watch and watch and hear where this is going to go, you know. And most of all, we have to vote. We have to vote. I can tell you one thing: we can do. We can vote in droves. But be aware, the Republicans cheat. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Be aware, the Republicans they know how to cheat.
Doug Jones hit opponent Roy Moore, quoting, men who hurt little girls should go to jail. I agree. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Bye.